Hello, church family. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. I know there are a lot of people in Leroy that are currently sick or getting over it, and I want to let you know that we are praying for all of you. This week is the third Sunday of Advent, and we are thankful for the joy that Jesus gives us. I hope you are having a joyous Christmas season so far. Here's Pastor Matthias. Oh, friends. This morning, as we continue with our Christmas series, we are continuing to talk about the light that is born to us and what it looks like to keep the light on. Uh, And as we continue to look at the light, we are taking a look at one of the most famous Christmas stories, a story we hear every year, the story of the Annunciation. Uh, And so we have two readings. Our first is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. And the second from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, a passage that's always interesting to keep in line or to read uh, the the story of the Annunciation uh, in line with. But friends, from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, listen now for the word of the Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I. The servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And friends, from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 19 to 21. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world. And people love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come into the light so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It's a story we hear every Christmas about how in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent to a town called Nazareth 
to bring good news to a virgin named Mary that she had found favor with God. To say that by a miracle she would give birth to a child named Jesus, the Son of God. It's the Annunciation. It's one of the most read, analyzed, memorized, and painted scenes in the Gospels. And we hear it every Christmas season. However, for all the times that we've heard it and all the times that we've read it, there are always a few details about this story that readers tend to miss. For one thing, finding favor with God was a very serious matter in the scriptures. In the Bible, it was because Noah found favor with God that Noah had been spared from the flood. It was because Moses found favor with God that Moses led the people out of Egypt. It was because Joseph found favor that he became governor of Egypt and Samuel was anointed prophet, all because they found favor. All throughout Scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, if you found favor with God, it meant that the God of Israel had incredible plans for you. Plans to bless you in ways you couldn't even imagine, and plans to use you to work wonders in the world. That's what's at stake when the angel Gabriel shows up and says, greetings, favored one. This is remarkable news. Mary has just been told she is God's beloved, that she is special, she has purpose. This is reason to celebrate, to rejoice, to give thanks to God. And what does Mary do when she hears this news? Mary is confused. Mary is alarmed and unsure of what to make of it. That may be the most important detail about this famous story that people sometimes miss. Verse 28, Gabriel came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Mary is given the greatest news of her life, but at first, Mary doesn't understand how she could be God's favored one. Somehow in her mind, she isn't good enough. To be. I mean, for all the ways that we sometimes glorify and place Mary on a pillar, it is important to know that at this point in the story, Mary is an illiterate, uneducated, dirt-poor girl from a nowhere town. She is an Israelite, which means that her life won't amount to very much in a Roman-ruled world. She is a woman in a patriarchal society where men make all important decisions, and she is a human being, which means that, like all human beings, Mary has flaws. Like all of us, she has undoubtedly made mistakes. Like any of us, she has regrets. Like each of us, she has 
problems and shortcomings that she does her best to keep hidden from everyone else. And so more than just not understanding how she could be favored by God, I can't help but wonder if Mary was afraid to be. I mean, if Gabriel's words are true, then Mary is about to have a very big spotlight shined on her life, and Mary might not want that kind of life. After all, how terrifying would it be for any of us to be told that all eyes and all lights are about to be on you, revealing not just your best self, possibly revealing those parts of yourself you'd rather keep hidden. Gabriel tells Mary she has found favor with God, but Mary doesn't get it. She doesn't understand how someone like her could be favored, and maybe she is even scared of shining a light on all those shortcomings she keeps hidden away that make her think she's not good enough. As unusual as an interpretation of that famous story as that may be, my guess is that that's an experience many of us can relate to. We all have mistakes that we try to hide. We all have flaws and shortcomings that we work hard to cover over. We all have our reasons to doubt, to question, and to think that we might not be good enough. And how frightening would it be if all those mistakes and flaws suddenly came into the light? Would our friends still like us if they knew all about us? Would our coworkers still admire us? Would our kids look up to us if they could see our weaknesses as well as our strengths? There are millions of people who go to work, go to school, go to home, living in the silent fear that they might be exposed, that they might be figured out and seen for who they are and might be rejected. Psychologists refer to it as imposter syndrome. It's when we doubt ourselves, feel like we're a fraud that doesn't belong, and when we start to live in the fear that if we don't keep up appearances, people might find out we're actually not good enough. And some people do this all the time. Some people do it all their lives. The only problem is that if we live in that fear of being found out long enough, if we stress about keeping our flaws hidden, if we spend enough time hiding under the perfect mask that we try to show the world, then that darkness we keep things hidden under can start to become the thing that defines us. That's what's going on in that passage from John 3. The word that John uses in that second scripture passage we heard for darkness is skatos. It's been a while since I threw Greek words at you all, and I know everybody just loves learning about dead languages. So there's your word for Christmas, skatos, which means darkness. However, the reason I bring it up is because skatos doesn't just mean darkness in the sense of bad or evil deeds, but 
at a deeper level, scatus refers to darkness that starts to control us, to define us. As one definition, or one definition I read put it, scatus refers to persons in whom darkness holds sway. That's the thing about being in the dark. We aren't just in the dark when we do bad things, but when we become more focused on those bad things we once did than we are on the good things we might do. We aren't just in the dark when people see us at our worst, but when we become more afraid of what other people might think of us than we are of forgetting what we think of us. And we aren't just in the dark when we're part of a world that's afraid of the light, but when we start listening to all those buried reasons we aren't good enough more than we listen to the favored one our God calls us. When the light of Christmas first came to Mary, when good news that she had found favor with God reached her ears, Mary didn't understand it because Mary was still in the dark. Mary had spent too long listening to a world that told her she wasn't good enough, had spent too much time anxiously worried about keeping the flaws and shortcomings of her life tucked away. But the truly miraculous thing about this famous story is that whether she knew it or not, and whether we know it or not, Mary was favored no matter what may have been in the dark. That's the incredible thing about Gabriel and Mary's conversation. Mary doesn't understand Gabriel calling her the favored one, but Gabriel didn't come to Nazareth to have an interview with Mary. This is not a meeting to determine if Mary is the right fit, if she has the right skills, or if she's good enough to be the mother of Jesus Christ, depending on what mistakes, flaws, and problems come to light. No, she is already favored. God is already more than aware of any mistakes or regrets Mary might not be proud of. God is already fully up to speed on every flaw and shortcoming that Mary thinks disqualify her from being of service. God already understands everything that we bring into the light and everything that we nervously keep hidden in the dark. And God has already decided that you are favored. The decision is already made when Gabriel is sent to Nazareth, the person the world thinks nothing of, this person who thinks very little of themselves, God already thinks everything of. Mary is already beloved. Mary is already precious. Mary is already more than enough to work miracles, and not because Mary is so perfect or so eager to step into the spotlight, 
but because God already sees her in a very different light. That's what Gabriel's miraculous news does to Mary. It invites her to face her shortcomings, face her doubts, face all the reasons that she tells herself she is not good enough, and to realize that God's favor has already prevailed. That's what the light that has come into the world does to the world. That's what the light we keep on at Christmas does to us. As Carl Jung once put it, people will sometimes do anything, no matter how absurd, in order to avoid facing their own souls. But one does not become enlightened by imagining figures of light, but by making the darkness conscious by facing it, by being aware of it, by bringing all those regrets and mistakes, all those flaws and imperfections that we hide away, by bringing it all into the light and by realizing that God's favor is still there. The light has come and darkness no longer holds sway in our lives. There is nothing in the dark that can keep you from being enough in the eyes of God. There is nothing in the dark that can stop you from becoming an instrument of miracles that are yet to unfold, and there is nothing in the dark that should ever make you afraid to step out into the new light of a new life. God's favor has come, and our fears of being exposed as not good enough is no longer the news that defines us. This is a story that we hear every Christmas about how the angel Gabriel was sent to the town called Nazareth to bring good news to a virgin named Mary that she had found favor with God, that God had incredible plans for her life, plans to bless her in ways she couldn't understand, plans to use her to work miracles in the world and in the lives of others. It's a story that we listen to again and again and again every Christmas because it's a story that keeps the light on by reminding us that light has come into a world of hidden imperfections and past regrets, and there is no reason left to be afraid. It's a story that keeps the light on by showing us that miracles don't happen when perfect people are holy, but when imperfect children find the faith to say, here am I, the Lord's servant. And it's a story that keeps the light on by sharing the good news that the angel brings, that no matter our flaws, no matter our mistakes, and no matter what we may anxiously hide away, we have already found such favor with God. And that favored light is the new light of our lives. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please pray with me. 
Holy God, in all that we face, in all our trials, all our imperfections, our mistakes and struggles, God, in all things, send your angel to find us and tell us that we are loved. In a difficult world that tells us we are never good enough, may Gabriel come and find us as we are where we are to greet us as your favored children. In long nights when we are afraid to face our imperfections and regrets, may your light come and shine on us and show us that you have already accepted us, flaws and all. Lord, help us to be like Mary, to hear good news and respond with a willingness to be your servant and to trust in your light to work miracles. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Remember, next week at 9 a.m. will be the children's Christmas play. You don't want to miss it. I'm sure you'll see my youngest on stage dancing. Remember to leave the light on in your life because we have a lot of chances to be Christ in our community. Be blessed and safe this week. Go in peace.